Uh, good, good evening. We're in the book of James again. It's our Thursday night Bible studies and we're in the book of James and we're going to be looking at verses 13 to 18 from chapter 3. In James 1 and the first 18 verses, James deals with the subject of trials and how believers ought to respond to trials. James expects us to endure in trials with rejoicing. In chapter 1, 19 to 27, then he turns to the subject of true Christianity and uh, contrasting the claims of, of you know, true claims to faith and fake claims to faith. In verses 26 and 27 of chapter 1, James gives a summary statement of what true Christianity looks like. And it is a three-part summary statement. The first part being our speech, the second part being our care for those in need, and thirdly, our refusal to conform to worldliness. In James chapter 2 and verses 1 to 13, see he contrasts sinful partiality with true fellowship. In James 2 verses 14 to 26 then he shows us the evidence of true faith and that is a faith that acts that works that obeys and loves and in chapter 3 verses 1 and 2 James is addressing teachers and raising the particular challenge that teachers have in relationship to their tongue and that teachers are to use the tongues to build up rather than to divide and tear down in verses 3 to 12 of chapter 3, James then focuses more generally on the tongue. And now James is talking about wisdom. And James, in following his half-brother, his saviour, his Lord, the Lord Jesus, teaches that the tongue is a reflection of what is in our heart. The heart has to be changed by God. You have to have God's grace in order to have a changed heart. And having moved from the symptom of the problem to the source of the problem, the heart, James now asks, how do you know whether you have true wisdom in your heart? That leads us nicely into our reading for this evening. That's James chapter 3 and verse 13 through to 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good contact, by his good conduct, excuse me, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits impartial and sincere and a harvest of righteousness is sown by in peace by those who make peace how do you know that there is real wisdom in your heart and you get a sense here that james is already shifting to the third topic that he's mentioned in chapter 1 26 and 27 if you remember james 1 26 he he tells us that true belief shows itself in speech in verse 27, he says that true belief shows itself in our care for those in need. 
And thirdly, true belief shows itself in not being worldly. And in all this talk about wisdom, James is already phasing to a discussion about worldliness, which he gives himself exclusively in James 4. But here at the end of chapter 3, he is beginning to look at that third topic of worldliness. Because worldliness begins with a lack of wisdom. Wisdom begins with a fear of the Lord. Worldliness is without a fear of the Lord. So worldliness always entails a lack of wisdom. Well, James has three important things he wants us to know about wisdom. In verses 13 and 14, that true wisdom is shown by, by behaviour. In verse 15 and 16, the negative view of what false wisdom looks like, fake wisdom. And thirdly, 17 and 18, what true wisdom looks like. So first of all, true wisdom is shown by behaviour. True, the true believer's life and their choices are characterised by wisdom. And that's verse 13 and 14. James says that true wisdom and false wisdom are shown by our behaviour. Who is wise and understanding among you? And here is his answer. By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. James is saying that the true Christian lives wisdom. We might say the true Christian lives wisely. Wisdom is not just a matter of notions that you show or things that you are sent to, but it shows in the way you live. So the true believer lives wisdom. The Christian's choice in life are characterised by divine wisdom. And whether he's applying this to teachers especially or not, he's definitely talking to all of our hearts. And as he has talked about the tongue, he's now moved to think about the heart. The tongue reflects the heart, so he asks a question about the heart. Are you wise? Does your heart reveal a heart of wisdom? And in answering, he doesn't give a specific definition of wisdom. Um, but he says, let me show you whether a person has wisdom or not. He describes for you a person who has wisdom. First of all, he describes it negatively and then positively. And he begins in verse 13 by simply asking, who is wise? And his answer is that a wise man shows himself to be wise in the way that he lives, that it is wise. You know a wise man by the way he lives. Wisdom is not about knowing things or even assenting to right things. It's about living in the way of the Lord. Proverbs 3 verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Wisdom is acknowledging the Lord in all your ways. Alec Motier in a wonderful phrase says, Wisdom is the God-given ability to see how in all our ways we may acknowledge him. James is saying that wisdom is not simply seeing how we may acknowledge God in all our ways, but actually seeing and doing it. Wisdom is living in the fear of God, in the awe of God, in the respect and reverence of God in all our ways. In every aspect of life, living in accordance with the reverence of God. Christians are called by God to live in true wisdom. And in verse 14, he negatively argues that a bitter jealousy and a selfish ambition shows that a man's claim to be wise is false. 
If you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. He's saying that a man's character can belie his claim to be wise. Wisdom is not only the God-given ability to see how in all of our ways we may acknowledge God. It is actually acknowledging God in all our ways. The man who is jealous and selfishly ambitious is insecure, envies others, isn't thinking of their best interests, is self-focused and self-preoccupied, thinks of themselves rather than others. Paul talks about people, even in the days of the early Christianity, the first church who preached Christ out of selfish purposes. And James is saying such a person isn't wise. A true believer lives wisdom. That is, that his life and choices are characterised by wisdom from above. Secondly, false wisdom always shows itself in his product. But false wisdom is harder to see than you might think. James knows that it is hard to tell the difference between heavenly wisdom and un unheavenly wisdom, between true wisdom and fake wisdom. In verses 15 and 16, James says that false wisdom, though hard to pin down, sometimes shows itself in the product. You always see false wisdom in what it produces. You see false wisdom in its results. In verse 15, James lists three characteristics of fake wisdom, the wisdom from below. He calls it the wisdom which is not from above, which is shorthand for the wisdom from below. Three characteristics of this wisdom. It is earthly, natural, demonic. Now, you might say, well, if it is earthly, natural and demonic, I'm going to see it right away and name it for what it is. Fake. No, hang on a minute. Just, just think about it. Earthly wisdom has much to commend itself sometimes. There are pagans who come across as extremely intelligent. There are pagans that we get to manage money because they're good at it. There are, pe there are people that we go to for legal things who are pagans. There are medics who are pagans. There are pagans filled with common sense knowledge in the world. Jesus himself said this. You remember he turned to his disciples one day, Luke 16 and verse 8. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. In other words... There are pagans who have been granted in God's common grace, common sense and earthly wisdom. And it's not always easy to tell the difference between common sense and heavenly wisdom. But just because a man shows common sense doesn't mean he has the wisdom from above. Secondly, you may say, well, surely if a man's wisdom is natural, I'll be able to see that. Again, not all unspiritual wisdom is bad. There's lots of good things that come from natural wisdom, which is wisdom that isn't a result of the work of the Holy Spirit. Wisdom that is not spiritual with a capital S, that is not the product of the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. The natural man has wisdom to offer. But then you say, well, what about the third qualification? Surely you always know demonic wisdom. Oh, really? Let's just play a little role game. You're a disciple of the Lord Jesus. Jesus has just told you in a private meeting he's going to be taken away and crucified at the duplicity of the Roman authorities and of your own religious leaders. Well, Peter stands up and says, we're never going to allow that, Lord. 
We will die for you before we would allow that to happen to you. Would you have stood up and said, hang on, Peter, that's demonic. Peter is just trying to defend his master. He loves Jesus. Jesus turned to Peter and said that was of the devil. See, James knows it isn't always easy to tell earthly, natural, unspiritual, demonic wisdom from heavenly wisdom. So how do you tell it? Well, James tells us in verse 16, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there is disorder and every vile practice. The results of fake wisdom, the results of only earthly wisdom without the grace of the spirit is the evidence of jealousy, selfish ambition, division, quarrelsome, ungodliness. They're the products of the wisdom from below. And if jealousy and selfish ambition lead to disorder and division and ungodliness, then we're seeing the results of a person who's living a self-centered, self-serving, self-seeking life without true wisdom. James says, Paul says, Jesus says, the Bible says, there is no wisdom in a self-seeking person. A person who hasn't humbled himself, denied himself, given himself to the service of God and his brethren and his neighbour, doesn't know true wisdom. So fake wisdom, though it is hard to pin down at times, will will reveal itself in the product. And thirdly, true wisdom, though hard to pin down, shows itself in his product. It's it's the reverse point two. This is verse 17 and 18. The character and the results of wisdom from above. True wisdom, though hard to pin down sometimes, shows itself in his product. Just heard that before, haven't we? True wisdom isn't always easy to see. True wisdom is a hard truth that is hard to stomach. For that reason, it isn't easy to see. The wounds of a friend are hard to distinguish from the barbs of an enemy. They hurt, but they can be wise. True wisdom isn't always easy to see. But though it's hard to pin down, it shows itself in his product. In verses 17 and 18, James gives us the character, the result of wisdom, which is from above. He tells us that true wisdom is known by eight characteristics and one result. Are you ready for a long session? Eight characteristics. The truly wise person, the wise believer, the wise Christian has eight qualities, these characters. You might want to go and grab a cup of tea and maybe make, make yourself a sandwich or something and settle down for a long haul. Eight characteristics. The wisdom from above is pure. There is a purity. There is a cleanness before God. There is a holiness in his wisdom that characterizes the truly wise person, the wise believer. Number one, it is pure. See, we're getting through it quite quickly. Number two, it is peace promoting. It is peaceable. True belief, true wisdom is peaceable. It promotes Peace among the brethren. Some have left denominations for biblical reasons. Unbiblical liberals say you're dividing the church. You're making a fuss over whether Jesus is God and whether the Bible is true. Shame on you. That's not what I'm talking about or James is talking about. What we're talking about here is those who promote peace among the brethren. And we need that, brothers and sisters. We need to promote peace. 
Let's just say you had a friend share with you some juicy gossip that if you were to share would bring division in the family or the church. And you resolve not to pass that on. That is promoting peace. Christians who promote peace are wise. Real wisdom promotes peace. It has an agenda to promote real Christian unity among believers. It doesn't compromise on the faith. Far from it. It recognises that unity is priceless and important and it seeks to promote peace. That is what wisdom does. So it's pure. It is peaceable. I might not be able to remember all eight all the time, but I can remember number one is pure. Number two is peace. And number three, the truly wise Christian is gentle in demands made upon others. Is gentle, is meek. Have you ever met a young Christian, maybe just converted, very conscious of the sins that they have been committing just prior to conversion and absolutely determined that the entire church is going to repent immediately by noon tomorrow afternoon of its sins? You know, this person did all those sins and you're doing these sins and you're going to stop right now. He wants the church to repent right now. He's zealous that sin not be committed and because he knows what he did in his life. But he's not gentle in dealing with other believers who haven't yet seen what he has seen by God's grace. The mature believer, the wise believer, grows to be patient, even with the sins of Christians which he or she once committed. Or maybe it is a Christian who's been struggling with habitual sin for many years and suddenly that sin becomes real to them. And that Christian again becomes determined that the church no longer be characterised by that particular sin and begins a crusade and is not gentle in dealing with the brethren. It's probably not a great example, is it? But the most zealous evangelists for not smoking are people who used to smoke. Jesus was patient with his disciples. If he had confronted all of their sins all at once and demanded immediate obedience, they would have all have failed. To the end of their days, they, like you and I, are still dealing with sin. So the person who is wise is gentle in demands made upon others. One pure, two peace, three gentle. Fourth, the, true, the person who has true wisdom is not unwilling to respond to reasonable requests. What I mean is true wisdom is reasonable. It'll listen. Fifthly, I'm motoring through now, aren't I? True wisdom is active in sympathy and compassion. It is merciful. It is active in sympathy and compassion toward other believers. Sixth, true wisdom displays the fruit of the spirit in life. It is full of good fruits. You look at a person with wisdom and will be able to say, I see the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness and self-control. Not all those Fruits may be of equal strength, but I see the fruit of the spirit in that person's life. True wisdom is full of fruit. The seventh is wisdom is unwavering. It isn't blowing hot and cold, not up one day and down, one day down and next. It doesn't show favoritism. It is unwavering. It isn't wise one day and off the wall the next. There is some consistency. There is some focus there is endurance and perseverance, steadiness to true wisdom. And eight, yes, eight, 
it isn't hypocritical. It is without hypocrisy. The true wise person, the wise believer isn't a hypocrite. She, he is a person of integrity. He or she is whole. What is what they are on the inside is what they are on the outside. You see how James describes wisdom? He doesn't in, describe it with verbal imperatives. Do this and be wise. He doesn't even describe it with a definition. This is what wisdom is. He shows you what wisdom is by what it looks like in a person's life. I love this because wisdom isn't only notions that you are sent to. Wisdom is acknowledging the Lord in all your ways. See, James is insisting that true faith, true Christianity shows itself in our lives. Our lives, our choices, our priorities, our behaviour is the index of whether we're wise. So as wisdom shows itself by the fruit of righteousness, so grace shows itself in righteousness. Just as Paul says in Romans 5, James 3.18, the one result, the one certain result of wisdom, the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. James is saying, how do you know you have the seed of wisdom in your heart? It springs forth in the fruit of righteousness. And then when you re-sow it in the lives of others, you sow it in peace. You do so with the desire of creating peace, peace between God and man, peace between Christian and non-Christian. Only the spirit can make a man wise. If you lack heavenly wisdom, I cannot give it to you. Only the Holy Spirit can. The natural man doesn't see the things of the spirit. Only the spirit can give it. And if you are a believer today, you know, as I know, we're not as wise as we should be. And there's no technique. There's no seven or 12 step method to get in that wisdom. You need to ask the Holy Spirit. And by the grace of God, through the means of grace, the Holy Spirit will grant you wisdom. We must run to the Father of lights, who is willing, generous in the way he gives and answers prayers. And we need to pray for wisdom. May God grant us that wisdom to cry out to the Father of lights for wisdom. May the Lord bless the word for his glory and for our eternal God, for our eternal good. God be with you.